0: Well, Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Robert Sykes, Ketosavage.com, and today I have a special guest, Mike Lee, on the line. Mike is a professional boxer, and he has since started a CBD company called Soul CBD in light of all the, the times he got hit in the head in boxing. Um, it's helped with concussions, it's helped with all that joint pain, it's helped with all that stuff. I know very, very, very little about CBD the cannabinoid system. I don't know that much about it. So I was excited to get him on the podcast, pick his brain, see what I can find out, see what I can learn. And it was a very great conversation. We talked about business. We talked about his boxing career. We talked about soul CBD. We talked about it all. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. I've got no doubt you will as well. So without further ado, sit back, relax, take some notes and learn about CBD with Mike Lee. Mike, we're live. How are you, brother? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Thanks for taking the time. So we, uh, I don't. It's funny because I, I get these, I get pitched these podcast opportunities, and that's how I met you. Somebody pitched me this podcast opportunity, and normally I'm super skeptical. To be totally hmm. honest with you, I'm normally super skeptical. Because oftentimes, they're not a really good fit. But they had like a, you know, a cover sheet for you. They had some links to your your profiles, and I, I go to your profile. And there's like all these highlight reels of you kicking ass with boxing and starting a business. I'm like, okay, this guy's pretty cool. I'm gonna get him on the show. So I'm glad to have you on here, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, oh, those videos make me look cooler than I actually am, but I'm glad it worked. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure. I'm sure you're pretty cool, man. So, so give me some background. You, you obviously have a career in boxing. That's kind of where a lot of this started. So, what, what got you into that? What was the, what was before the boxing?
1: Yeah, well, I started boxing at a young age, um, about eight years old, uh, born and raised in Chicago, and my dad brought me to a gym and just threw me in the ring. And I've been an athlete my whole life, uh, but it wasn't until college, um, I ended up going to school in the Midwest um, at a school from Notre Dame in Indiana and um, started fighting more and more, not only there, but uh, in tournaments all across the country. And I was about 21 years old um i just won my class in the golden gloves and things started taking off and i was at that pivotal point in my life where do i pursue this dream of becoming a pro or you know do i continue down the road of uh, the business world you know i had a finance degree at the time and uh some other options but at the end my dream was to become world champion i mean that was it Uh, since i was eight years old and first put on gloves i became addicted to it so I knew in my gut, no matter what, I wanted to go for it. And I was fortunate enough to get good enough that I um, ended up getting a call and signed by um, Top Rank, which is one of the the best promotional companies in the world. Top Rank signed Manny Pacquiao, Oscar De La Hoya, they had Floyd Mayweather. So for me, it was like, you know, a dream come true. So I decided to go with my gut. And even though there were a lot of people that um, tried to dissuade me from that, I, I knew that no matter what, Um, the pain and regret of not going for my my dreams were hurt so much more than, you know, any physical or mental pain that I would uh, endure. And so through an incredible career of ups and downs, I finished my career at at 21 and one I I got to fight in Madison Square Garden, Cowboy Stadium. Uh, My last fight, I fought at MGM Grand for a a world title in front of thousands and probably a a million or two on TV. And so I have had a ton of ups and downs, literally from getting knocked down, punched in the face, and also at, at halfway point in my career when I got really sick and uh, almost lost it all, which I'm sure we'll dive into. But um, no matter what, I'm, I'm grateful that I said yes. I'm grateful that at 20 years old, I decided this is what I want to do with my life, no matter what anybody says, no matter how dangerous it is and how risky it is. I mean, three boxers died in 2019 from um, injuries sustained in the ring alone. So um, but I'm still so grateful that I had this path because um, it's taught me so much. And I have all these experiences that I've learned from the wins and from the losses. And, um, you know, I'm standing here today. I feel like just a, a grateful person coming out of this career.
0: I love it, man. There's, there's so many instances in which, like, the the life trajectory is determined or at least initially determined by decision, that you're placed with at a, at a very young age before you really have any self-awareness or any life perspective. And I try to take the view of, you know, life is is long, so, that, I mean, don't get in a hurry, be patient, play the long game. I'm all about that. But at the same time, life is short. There's a dichotomy that exists there, and there's so many things that, that have set me up for the trajectory I'm on currently because of decisions I made when I didn't even know who the hell I was, really. And mm-hmm. it sounds like the same is true with you having to make the decision at 20 years old.
1: Yeah. Well, and even at a younger age, you know, it's interesting. I think for a lot of athletes, no matter what you it's, what's that? Why, right? Like, why do you love this so much? And why are you so passionate that you'll outwork anybody? And I truly believe I didn't have the most talent. I didn't have the biggest amateur background. I got there because I outworked everybody I was around. And that's what got me to top 10 in the world, top five, top three, eventually fighting for a world title. It wasn't so much skill it was just this innate passion and ability to outwork people and to want it more, especially in times when you're hurt and injured and in pain, literally, um, physically and mentally. So, um, you know, and as I look back at my career and just life choices, as you mentioned, I think ultimately what I found at a young age was I received love through sports. Mm -hmm. So whether it was boxing, basketball, football, whatever it was, um, uh, subconsciously, I didn't even realize this cause I wasn't mature enough to realize it at the time, but I received love from my father, from, you know, my community and my friends when I excelled in sports. So that conditioned me to be the best fighter I could be. And it just never stopped. So it's interesting now, as I sit back as a 33 year old man that still has that little boy inside of him that, you know, like everybody else is seeking love and am I enough? Um, you know, all those questions you ask yourself, it's a tough transition out of professional sports. And I have so many friends that have played in the NFL, have won Super Bowls, have were fighters that I've trained with that now are, you know, their body won't let them perform anymore, similar to mine. And it's like, what's next? You kind of have that hole in your, in your soul, because that's how you receive love. So it's kind of like this next chapter in my life with entrepreneurship and, and, you know, reaching out and connecting with people. It's like, filling that hole because I don't know if I'll ever get that adrenaline rush again, I'm fighting in front of 20,000 people. Um, and that feeling you get jumping on the ropes in Madison square garden, but you know, where can I find other ways in my life to get those same types of feeling and feel fulfilled, um, and not damage my body. And that's, that's kind of the ultimate question for anybody transitioning, not just out of sports, but into any different career or any different new relationship. So I, I've been battling with that, but I think I've been winning that battle. It's just a constant struggle
0: that's we we could definitely dive into that, man because I feel like that is a topic <clears throat> that would be very applicable to people across all different industries, but especially in like a contact sport in which you know like when you're not doing that, when that's over, when that chapter of your life is closed, like there's not really anything else that's gonna have that same that same type of you know feel it's not going to have that same grandiose adrenaline dump you know in the ring with another person you know besting out to see who's who's number one and when you come from that background i i can definitely see there being a hole and figuring out how you're going to be able to take the next day and the day after that without having that adrenaline to look forward to like what what's been the the main the main things in your life that you've incorporated to to fill that fill that gap and have excitement for tomorrow
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, now it's been business and it's been little things that I never could do. For instance, I love surfing. Like Mm -hmm. I, I signed all these contracts where, you know, technically no surfing, no snowboarding and my body was my asset. So now I'm not very good yet, but I love getting out there. I love surfing. Um, I love taking time for myself, spending more time with my family. I was in constant fight or flight and it's, it's interesting. There's so many other friends of mine people. I know there were athletes that that deal with not only that transition, but also like getting hit in the head and concussions. I think mm-hmm. that there's really da- a lot of dangers around that. And I tried throughout my career to be safe, but at the end of the day, it puts you in mood swings and man, and anybody that has either experienced concussion athlete or not understands that, you know, you feel like out of your body and you feel, you know, you get depression, anxiety, you get these moments. And It's incredible that I've had friends that have turned to um, things outside of prescription medication to help them. And that is one of my new passions. Obviously, you know, I started a a CBD company to help people, but this is, I'm just scratching the surface. Now, you know, the amount of friends and family um, whether it's athletes, whether it's people in the military or people who have concussions that are, that are dealing with depression and pain, anxiety, That are now finding benefits from plant medicine whether it be technically legal or not as we talk about you know mushrooms or ayahuasca or things that are legal like cbd um, cannabis it's incredible that we're finding that the earth and the brain our own brain is providing healing powers that we never thought we had i truly believe while technologically and with medicine we're advancing The future of medicine is looking inward. The future of medicine is figuring out, well, okay, we can kill ourselves with stress. I mean, I think I heard just literally Dr. Dre had a brain aneurysm and was in the the hospital. My father in particular had a heart attack. He's on paper as healthy as you can be, but very fight or flight, has a lot of stress. So if we can kill ourselves with our minds, who's to say we can't heal ourselves with our minds I truly believe that that's what we are really just diving into as we think about things like placebo effect, nocebo effect, and, you know, scanning areas of the brain during visualization process and learning that, you know, perception versus reality, how gray that really and how thin that line is. And so that's what I'm encouraged at. And that's why I started this company, Soul CBD, to start to make what I just talked about a little bit less taboo and start to help people that are so tired of Doctors writing another prescription medication because I was there. I mean, I was on all of them, and another one wasn't the answer. So, you know, that that's kind of my next mission in life and what, what um, you know, gives me purpose now.
0: I definitely want to dive into this, man, because I feel like this is a topic that I I don't know that much about CBD, um, cannabis, any of that. But I, I look at what I know from, like, a nutritional background and seeing how, you know, traditional medicine – typically always points to a, a medication, um, you know, some type of over-the-counter prescription or, you know, a vaccine or an injection, and I've always gravitated towards being more proactive and, and looking at your nutrition, your lifestyle, and overall health as opposed to just putting a band over the underlying problem, and for that reason, I, I really see the appeal to turn into, you know, some of these alternative forms of medication uh, like the D's which have grown in popularity tremendously over the past couple of years, um, but I've I've not really dug into it too deeply because there's not, there's not a whole lot of head injuries in the sport of bodybuilding, so I haven't really uh, needed needed anything for concussions. But I can see it being very advantageous from like a, a stress reduction standpoint. I mean stress reduction as a business owner would be a huge plus for sure. So have you have you really kind of dove into the science and the literature and the the research is, or has it mostly been self-experimentation but I would love to kind of just peel the curtain back and learn about CBD as as a medicinal, you know, plant product that could be the answer for some of these issues.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, i dove head first in it out of necessity, you know, out of pain. Um, I was on, I was completely addicted to painkillers at one point in my career. I was on anti-anxiety medications. I was on uh, Lexapro antidepressants, you know, whether it be concussions, whether it be, you know, when I started getting sick, um, I was diagnosed with autoimmune disease actually um, midway through my career in um, 2013 and all these things kind of led me to opening my mind to not only CBD, but just plant medicine in general. And when we started the company, I dove in of, what is this doing? And we've surrounded ourselves with this company of not only transparency in the product and the fact that myself and my sister, the co-founders are literally in the hemp fields, in the manufacturing facilities, right there in the labs, understanding the extraction process and what's going into it. What's what we're putting into our body, especially for me, you know, I was getting drug tested randomly before these big title fights. There's a lot of implications if you know I pop on one of those and there's uh, contaminants or THC in there, but, um, you know, what CBD is doing is it's activating um, what's known as the endocannabinoid system in our body. And it's turning on CB1 or CB2 receptors. Um, Essentially what it's doing to put it in layman's terms is it's putting your nervous system into homeostasis. And what that does is it helps you get out of that fight or flight and more into that parasympathetic state, um, not in a sedative way, you know, CBD in and of itself um, is not psychoactive. So it will not get you high. In fact, there's no toxicity level with it either. And you mentioned over-the-counter things. We can't even say that about ibuprofen and Tylenol. Mm -hmm. Right now, you can drive to CVS, drive to Target, drive to Walmart, and the government has made cleared this um, and and made it possible for anybody to take. You could take an entire bottle and overdose on Tylenol, kill yourself, point blank. Mm -hmm. Yet, up until a few years ago, and even most recently, cannabis was considered a schedule one drug. Schedule one means no medical benefit. You know, I can tell you point blank from the thousands of people that we've helped and in, th- in my own, you know, with anecdotal evidence, myself and friends that that's just plain out not true. And the fact that you cannot overdose on it is incredible too. And I think that, you know, I think the government is eventually going to put proper regulation on it, but people are starting to see this and learn about it. So what CBD does in particular is, It helps your nervous system get into homeostasis. It helps with inflammation. And what we're finding is there's this trickle-down effect, right? Anytime you're out of that fight or flight, anytime that your body is in parasympathetic state to rest, digest, heal, anytime you're reducing inflammation, it helps with so many things. That's why it's a little bit confusing where people are like, well, it helps with knee pain, but it also helps me sleep. It also helps me focus. It's a little bit confusing, but... It's a beautiful plant medicine um, because it it doesn't get you high, like I said, but it addresses all these issues because it's addressing your nervous system and your endocannabinoid system, which is affecting all other aspects, all other systems and organs in your body. So the most common uses are for anxiety. I mean, people find it gives them a calming effect and not, as I mentioned earlier, in a sedative way, but in a way that helps them focus, a way that helps them, um, you know, you know, for ADHD, um, this has been a, a huge thing. It's helped with people um, and CBD. And it, it started actually by helping kids who are having epilepsy. Mm-hmm. So what it was doing is calming down their nervous system. Um, and that's how the company Charlotte's Web started. Um, so anyway, I know I'm going on a rant here. I get really passionate about it, but no, there's so going. many incredible benefits.
0: So so I'm I i do not want to be biased at all. Like I, I really want to adopt a very open mind to everything that I pursue and, and dive deeper into in life. And I feel like some of my potential bias against it would have stemmed from, you know, like my folks are very old school. Like they're very anti drugs. They grew up in like the the '70s, so like <laughs> the time when drugs were running rampant. But they were very much so on the stark other end of the spectrum of like no drugs, no drugs, no drugs. So that was just how I was raised. And so many people associate CBD with marijuana getting high. I had a whole bunch of roommates in college that just wasted their life away smoking pot all day long. And I know CBD is not that at all, so I don't want to paint it in the same light. But a lot of people don't know the difference or they assume that since you're, you're doing like a CBD isolate, for instance, and I don't know about, much about this, but like as a CBD isolate just as effective as a full spectrum that does have some of that THC. Or what, what's the what's, Where should people veer to on that direction?
1: Yeah. So for instance, like I'm not big on THC and it's a great point you mentioned that. I, I don't like to smoke because it kind of has a negative effect on me and I almost feel like hungover the next day, mm-hmm. not to much throughout my career. I get drug tested, but you know, THC does have its place and there are people that it helps with pain. It helps with a lot of issues, but for us, you know, Angie and myself, my sister and I as athletes and, you know, entrepreneurs, we didn't, we didn't enjoy THC. So there's two types of uh, ways to extract it. One is through the marijuana plant, which is more common. It's very high in THC, um, lower in CBD. The other is hemp. Now hemp, which is used for so many things, even outside of, um, you know, CBD products, um, is very high in CBD and the other cannabinoids and low in THC. Mm -hmm. So we derive all of our stuff from hemp. Um, And we even go so far as to use isolates so that we don't have any THC in there whatsoever. Um, so I trust me, it took me about six months to get my dad on this product, even when I was starting the company, I understand this old school thinking, but you know, I encourage people to think of this less as a drug and more of as a supplement, you know, because think of this just like turmeric, think of this like other, um, you know, vegetables and, and plants that we ingest on a daily basis and know are so good for us. Um, you know, CBD does not have those psychoactive elements. And so while I'm not trying to demonize THC, it just didn't really serve me personally. And there's a lot of people that don't want it, whether they're getting drug tested or they just don't trust it or don't want to get high. So for us kind of isolating that and really focusing on the main cannabinoid CBD, that's helping so many people was, was really important for us. And one quick thing I'll say is, you know, I I don't believe that the FDA, the government, you know, they, While they've done a lot of good, let's also look at things that are legal and regulated, like painkillers. Painkillers have killed thousands and thousands of people every single year, yet we have no issue with doctors writing prescriptions constantly. And it's now just coming to light. So, you know, I think when people look at, well, the government hasn't completely cleared this or the FDA hasn't done that. I often question are they really looking out for your benefit i mean you look at all these different things that they've overturned things that they've allowed not allowed you know we need to look at ourselves our greatest doctor is going to be our own gut and our own intuition not somebody you've never met that is you know pointing you in the wrong direction with prescription medication now prescription medication has its place it's done incredible things so i'm not telling people to get off of it i'm just telling them to Do their own research, open their minds, start looking at the literature, which points to these incredible benefits of um, you know cannabis and hemp in general.
0: No, I totally agree with you there, man. I've 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 lost a lot of confidence in a lot of governmental oversight agencies, so we're speaking the same language there. Um, With regard to the the different cbd products with the hype that it's it's gained over the past several years it's probably similar to like the keto space i mean you've seen this massive influx of products and and things within the keto community and some are pretty shoddy marketing i mean it's like they're just playing on people's ignorance and the actual dose is not effective or the quality isn't there so what what are some things that you look for in a a well-dosed properly administered cbd product
1: yeah, absolutely. So for me, uh, the higher doses, the better. You know, um, for me, I, I take anywhere from 50 to 100 milligrams, at least, of, of CBD a day. Um, granted, my body has is, been is through a lot, probably more than a normal person, but another thing to really look out for with these companies is the third-party lab verification. Um, understanding where this is coming from, I think it's really important that it's sourced here in the United States as well. We're finding that um, hemp sourced outside the country Uh, has laxer laws and provisions around the chemicals pesticides put into it so all of our products for instance all of our hemp is grown in um, organic farming practices that's massive for us all of our stuff is third-party lab tested double blind tested so that we make sure there's no um, products or chemicals or pesticides in there and then most importantly that the amount of cbd in there is what we say Um, So many companies are lying about that point blank and that's where the FDA does need to come in and give us some more regulations and guidance to weed out the bad players. Now, there are companies that do great stuff. You know, my company, Soul CBD, is one of them. There are other companies out there that I really like and, and believe in, too. They make they do the right things. They take the right steps. They're not just concerned about profitability. They're concerned about, you know, helping people. So I would say People should dive in when it looks spammy and, you know, uh, they don't have the lab verifications. You don't really know who the founders are, where it's coming from. Um, I would really be nervous about that. That's a red flag because you're right. Unfortunately, this industry is riddled with snake oil. So mm. um, really do your research on on those um, types of things I just spoke about.
0: What about the, the way it is? it is administered like I've seen there's like the the droppers I think those are pretty popular just the dropper full um you put put that in your in your coffee or just take it straight some people I've seen a lot of the like the gummies pop up I've even seen the uh, like vapor pins that are just cbd specifically
1: yeah great question so um what we found is that the tinctures uh the droppers are the most efficacious now our gummies are one of our our best-selling products too it, it tends to be a good intro for people. Um, obviously, when you're swallowing, ingesting, you're, you're still going to get those effects of the CBD. But we found that when you do the dropper and you hold it underneath your tongue. So let's say, you know, you do a full dropper and get 50 milligrams of CBD underneath your tongue, hold it there for about 30 to 60 seconds. What we found, and this is not just true with CBD, but a lot of other supplements, Um, it enters the blood brain barrier faster, and it's more efficacious. So the bioavailability of the CBD, how much gets into your actual system increases. So the literature points to um, that uh, being the most efficacious, um, and then followed by ingesting it. And then there's also topicals, which is great. I mean, the skin is the largest organ in the body um you know a lot of people that have back pain joint pain they'll rub the topical and the cbd will penetrate the skin and get right into the blood system so i do all these things um just cuz obviously i i'm constantly taking it and testing things out but in terms of the most efficacious bioavailability um the droppers i think are the hero hero product there
0: gotcha that makes sense is there like a like a loading phase that would be advantageous i mean Like I look at a lot of different products. They're like creatine, for instance. A lot of people like with creatine. You know, one dose of creatine is not really going to do much. But like you have to consistently consume it on a daily basis so that your muscles stay saturated with it. Is that a similar effect with the CBD?
1: Yeah. So think of it more as a supplement, right, and not as like a one time miracle drug. Similar to THC. um, With THC, you smoke it once, you get high, right? But with CBD, similar to turmeric or similar to um any other supplement that we know is so many beneficial factors it there is a loading process there is a a time where it needs to build up in your system we have people that take a tincture they'll notice effects in 30 to 45 minutes maybe even sooner we have some people that it needs to build up for about a week straight so um, I was one of those people. I didn't notice anything right off the bat. I I started noticing when I wasn't taking it. And we hear that all the time, actually. we People notice when they stop taking it, they'll notice, oh, I was really just kind of upset today or um, on edge, or I don't know what it was. And I noticed I didn't take my CBD dosage. So it is one of those things that does better when you build it up in your system, similar to, as you just mentioned, creatine or turmeric, right? If I'm trying to reduce inflammation, I'm not just going to take a bunch of turmeric in one day and boom, problem solved. So it's more of a, a lifestyle. It's, it's more of um, an understanding that it's something you do every single day, brick by brick to help you. Um, and I, listen, I think that's how we should think of nutrition and lifestyle in general. Like if you are looking for anything or anybody promises you, that you take one pill or, or take one bottle and you're, you're cured, then they're probably lying to you.
0: Yeah, totally agree there. Is it similar to like caffeine in the sense that you would want to, you know, down regulate it for a period of time so your body doesn't build up a tolerance to it? Or is it totally different than that?
1: Yeah, great question. So a lot of it depends on um, fat intake. And this is where we need more information on the literature. I choose to do that and kind of go up and down. But what people find is they generally stay at a consistent dosage, and they will need to start to increase. Um, So we have seen a little bit of their kind of their threshold, so to speak, um, raising more and more as they take it, but not significantly. Um, I've done where I try to take a week off and then a week back on and see if I need a lower dosage doesn't necessarily apply for me. I've found that I usually like to stick in that at least 50 milligrams to 100 milligrams plus a day. Um, But it's not quite as aggressive or um, powerful as caffeine in the sense of, I mean, (laughs) where you get off caffeine and you feel like you're withdrawing from a drug. Like I've done caffeine where it's like you have headaches for four days when you're off of it. It's nothing like that. People should not be concerned like
0: that. Gotcha. Gotcha. You, you mentioned dietary fat intake. Is that, is that a saying that like, if you have, cause my audience is obviously going to be eating a lot of dietary fat, is it going to help just prolong the effects because it's going to sl- more slowly absorb and be, yes. uh, you know, fix it through the body or how's that, how's that work?
1: Yeah. So that's why a lot of our products, um, we use, uh, MCT oil. So we, we feel that that's a great, um, fat carrier for us. And, um, they found that, you know, fat helps with bioavailability with this. So the issue is, and why the FDA has, you know, uh, waited on final clearances, we still need more literature on exact dosage, right? So it's difficult sometimes because there's so many different factors. It's tough for me to tell someone who is 22 year old woman loves to work out in shape might have a different dosage than a 60 year old man who has a ton of back pain because there's so many different factors. What's their body fat percentage? We're finding that has a lot to do with it. Um, what's their diet and lifestyle like? So it's tough for to me to kind of say, Oh, you have back pain, take 15 milligrams a get a day, twice a day, or, you know, whatever that is. So, um, the literature is still waiting on that exact dosage. Um, even though you know we have ideas, but there's so many other factors that affect it, uh, fat being one of them. So that's why a lot of our products um, have MCT oil. So we, while you're taking it with the fat, um, it's more bioavailable.
0: Gotcha, that makes sense. I'm assuming, like with most things, you, you, you get what you pay for, and I, I think there's probably the same is true with this. I mean, there's a lot of really high-quality CBD products that are also pretty high price point. I think a lot of people veer away from that, but then they'll go for products that are just way cheaper but the quality is just not there is there like a, a certain threshold yep. tipping point in which you would say if it's below this price for this amount then it's probably not even worth looking at
1: yeah i mean if your shop right now on amazon um they only allow hemp products which that's a whole nother conversation it, it's like saying we don't allow water, but we allow H2O. It's crazy. Right now you can't have CBD um, labeled products on Amazon, but Mm. I find a lot of products on companies on Amazon tend to be super high milligrams for dirt, dirt cheap. If you're finding something that's significantly cheaper than what the market offers uh, run, it's just not worth it. It's the same thing with supplements, same thing with your industry. Um, We are definitely at a, a middle to higher price point, but that's because of, the organic farming practices and it costs us more money to source this stuff versus I could have easily sourced this from China or overseas and not done the third-party testing and may, you know, had a lot more margins in my, in my products and my cogs. But, you know, uh, I just, we couldn't live with ourselves that offering people a a substandard product, but um, generally our products start uh, our gummies start at $39. Um, That's for 10 milligram gummies. Um, If you're finding, you know, 500 milligram tinctures or thousand milligram tinctures that aren't in the $60 plus range, similar to, let's say a a turmeric supplement or any type of, you know, a lot of these supplements over the counter. um, Then you should be wary when you start finding stuff that's really, really cheap. um, I don't know, 20 bucks for a thousand milligram tincture or something. You should worry about where they're sourcing it from um, and where they're getting it from.
0: Totally. Are your gummies keto-friendly? You just got to ask. <laughs> Are they
1: keto-friendly? Well, actually, you're the keto expert, so I, 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 I'm not sure. They have uh, – let's see. Let me grab them right here so I can tell you. They only have two grams of sugar.
0: Per gummy uh, or per serving, or is it one gummy per serving? One gummy per serving. We have uh, – they're
1: 10 calories. They're three grams of carbs and two grams uh, of sugars. And two. we use um, – all the other ingredients in there, we use organic um, so people love them. They, they really do well. I'm not sure if that's exactly keto friendly. I guess you could tell me.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's not, I and mean, that's not a very high carb count. I, I don't really go out of my way to eat sugar by any means, but with, if that's the only source of sugar I have in a day, that would, I would totally consume one of those and not worry about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, so two gummies, four grams of sugar and and then six grams of carbs. I think, um, in order to be in ketosis, you generally want to stay, is it
0: under 50 grams of carbs? It's totally dependent on the individual. I typically keep my total carb count down below at least twenty grams a day. Um, okay. So I don't really consume a whole lot of you know vegetation or fibrous foods, but uh, but the CBD is look the gummies look pretty pretty tasty. So I I can just go to town on those.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. And people do. I mean, um, they're gluten free. They're one hundred percent vegan. Grown here in the U.S. So, and they taste amazing. They're like candy. We're really proud of them. Um, nice. It's interesting you mentioned that. Uh, I'm curious if you have a lot of listeners who deal with autoimmune diseases because I've been reading a lot lately about, um, and I have an autoimmune disease. Um, I had I've had one for a few years now, and been reading a lot about how keto has has
0: helped. Yeah, man. I mean, you mentioned that they were using this for children with epilepsy, and that's where keto really started gaining momentum is using the ketogenic diet for children with epilepsy, epileptic seizures back in the 1920s. Um so there's some some similarities there for sure, but yeah, autoimmune issues any kind of inflammatory issue keto is gonna be advantageous for
1: hmm. yeah, it's interesting i I personally while not being in full ketosis, um I definitely was increasing my proteins and fats in training camps i I had you know a uh, great nutritionist um his name's Andy galpin he's worked with a lot of top athletes in the world and for instance last training camp while we I felt like my body needed those carbs. I'm training two, three times a day, but especially when we were cutting weight and especially when I'm, you know, getting towards the end of the fight, we would drastically reduce our carbs, increase our fats and uh, proteins. And honestly, man, I found like I was operating better. I, Mm -hmm. I, inflammation was lower. Brain fog was lower. Um, it, it felt like it felt good to my, my body and my system.
0: Shoot man you ought to just go straight up keto for a while and see if that coupled with what you're doing with the CBD products man I bet that would be you know game changer for you
1: That honestly that's what I'm going to try and it's interesting we're on this show now and I'm speaking to you it maybe it's uh the universe pointing me in that direction cuz I've I've learned a lot about it I've toyed with a lot of different things you know with my autoimmunity both you know biohacks lifestyle all this stuff and so uh, whether it's the carnivore diet or the keto diet, I've, I've read a lot about this. So that is kind of one of my next steps because I understand how important the gut-brain connection is. And um, especially for someone who got hit in the head a lot, uh, <laughs> I need to start to worry about that.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's kind of a match made in heaven. I've heard the gut described as the second brain, and I've heard the inner cannabinoid system described as the third brain. So <laughs> it all kind of works in tandem.
1: So – I don't want this to turn into the self-help mic show, but I'm sure a lot of your listeners listen and hear this. No, you're good, man. Ask away. What do you you generally uh, tell people that want to dip into keto? Just some general macros or things to do outside of, you know, I I know buddies who have peed on the stick and made sure they're in ketosis. Do you tell people to go to that that far or just general guidelines, I guess, to get me started?
0: Yeah, so there's, I mean, Keto's gained a ton of popularity over the past couple of years. So, like, if you start Googling, you know, recommended macros on keto, you're going to get all kinds of crazy answers. The best way I would introduce someone to keto, especially if, like, you being an athlete, you, I mean, you have you know how to push yourself. Like, I don't need to ease you in and be all soft. I'd rather just have a rip-the-band-off approach with you because you're going to benefit more quickly, and that's just going to be better for you all around. So, for you, I would yeah. say, you know, have a very high fat ratio to begin with, like 80% of your calories uh, coming from dietary fat at the beginning. We can titrate protein up from there later, but start with a super high fat ratio and a very low total carb count. That's going to ramp up your ketone production and make transitioning to that as a primary fuel source much, much more efficient. And you're going to be able to kind of, you'll have a little dip in performance as you switch fuel source from carbs and glucose to fat and ketones, but by doing it that way at the onset, you're going to be able to rip that bandaid off and get to functioning at a higher rate much more efficiently. So that's what I would do. I would have the high fat ratio, very low total carbohydrate, counting fiber and everything, total carbs, not net carbs, and then make sure sure that the vast majority of those calories are coming from good, wholesome, single ingredient foods.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, that's great advice. I'm writing this down while (laughs) while you're talking. When you consider low total carbs, what do you What do you generally consider?
0: I mean, I would, with you, like, being as active as you are, if you were to keep it capped at 20 grams total carbs, like, you'd be humming along, producing a bunch of ketones very, very quick out of the gate, and you would be able to adapt very, very soon into your keto journey. So I would keep it less than 20 total. You could right. tolerate more than that, but the more, the higher you go, it's just going to prolong your ability to get more deeply adapted. So rather than doing that, just, just go, go, go hard or go home, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, hey, I'm with you there. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man, I'll have to pick your brain about CBD. You pick my brain about keto. It's all good. Um, yeah. I, I was stalking on Instagram prior to this podcast and I saw that you had a hyperbaric oxygen chamber too.
1: Yeah, I just purchased one. So I went to the Amon Clinic. Um, Dr. Daniel Amon is uh, kind of a world renowned brain expert. He works with a lot of athletes who have concussions or just anybody in general. Um, he got really famous, I think, because uh, Joe, Joe Rogan interviewed a couple people and he's been seeing a lot of celebrities. So it's been tougher to get in there, mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately. But I, I snuck in there uh, right in time. We did a spec scan of my brain. Um, What that does is it um, looks at areas of your brain and certain blood flow. So whether some areas, for instance, my prefrontal cortex, I had some damage. So I had less blood flow in that area versus other areas of the brain. And that affects your hormones. It affects your cortisol levels, a lot of different things. So um, it was recommended by them. Granted, I've been getting hit in the head for a while that I purchased a hyperbaric chamber. I've read some incredible things. In fact, there was just a study that came out that showed Um, how it really affected people um, 60 and older uh, with just 30 30 sessions. They noticed that they were cognitively much sharper and had lower inflammation in the brain, which as we know is kind of a reason for Alzheimer's. So for me at 33 years old, I just want to get ahead of it. Um, I'm in there about at least an hour a day. Um, It basically pressurizes the chamber um, and you're breathing in pure oxygen while you're doing that. And what that does is it floods the body with oxygen And um, allows oxygen to get into the blood faster. So you heal faster, uh, you lower inflammation. And so I'll work in there, I'll meditate in there, I'll read in there. um, But I'm in there about an hour a day. And it's just something that um, I've already noticed helps with brain fog. And I just got to heal my brain, man, because I want to live till I'm 150 years old. So (laughs) that's the plan. (laughs)
0: 100%. Man, I mean, I've never done the hyperbaric oxygen chambers, but the research around them is just, you know, very, very compelling. Um, there's so many of these things that like you, you get into, like I was introduced to, you know, this whole biohacking space through keto originally, but then you start, going down the rabbit hole and then all it just fingers out and you start diving into all these things so like that the uh you know the the zero buoyancy or the flotation tanks i really want to get one of those they make these home versions of that so i want to get one of those and we'll just add a hyperbaric oxygen chamber to the list i've got a pretty long christmas list of all these biohacking things (laughs) that you know may may add a couple years to my life but i think it'd be the way to go for sure
1: no, a couple other things I love um that I think is probably less expensive, just easier access for people is the uh, um infrared sauna mm-hmm. is massive yeah. for me and the cold tub.
0: With your so, cold tub, do you just have like a like an empty trough and you just throw ice in there and what do you do with that?
1: Yeah, so um for the past food now now I actually I bought one of the, the, the cold tubs that actually, you know push cold water through, you can control the temperature. So those are definitely more more expensive. What I used to do in years past, and especially like during training the past few years is I literally went um, online and purchased a uh, ice chamber, like a, a big freezer, a mm-hmm. giant ice freezer, about seven feet long that opens up from the side. I caulked the inside. And I fill it up with water, and I plug it in. And to be honest, you don't even need to keep it plugged in twenty four seven. And I'd clean it out every you know week or so, depending on how much I used it. But you can get a little thermometer in there. You plug it in, and next thing you know, you've got a you know a, a cold tub right there that you don't even have to add ice because for years you could add ice too. You could like put a bunch of ice in the bathtub, but um, it was so much easier just to plug this in for like an hour a day, and it would keep it. Consistently cold. Hop in this uh, little ice chamber. I put it out in a patio I had, and man, it got me through training camps because reducing that inflammation and going from um, you know heat to cold was massive. So that's one recommendation I have for people. I mean, cost three hundred bucks. You could find a uh, you know a utility like a giant kitchen commercial ice chamber, caulk it, th- um, fill it up with water, and you're ready to go.
0: Yeah, man, I've actually got one in my warehouse right now. I've got a vertical freezer full of all my deer meat, and then I've got this big chest freezer that I don't have any meat in. I'm probably going to do just that. I'm, I need to just caulk the inside of it, fill it full of water, and do that. Did you? Th- would you be in there for like 30 minutes, or h- how do you typically structure that?
1: No, 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 that would uh, so be way too long. Generally, um, it depends how cold it is, right? So um, I would have it – I. I definitely, I didn't, you know, mind the cold. It's definitely, you got to ease into it, but I would have in the high thirties, that's really cold. Even the forties, you're going to feel it. So Mm -hmm. my recommendation for people is to get in it at, I don't know, maybe the high forties, 40, you know, 46 degrees to 49 degrees type thing, um, for three to five minutes, just kind of get started. Now, generally you want to start pushing that to closer to 10 minutes but also you wanna be careful. You probably shouldn't be going more than 10 minutes in my opinion at those temperatures. Um, but if you go online, there's a bunch of different charts of the exact temperature and how long you should be in there. Um, athletes and runners especially have been doing it for years, but it's just a great way to flush out um, that inflammation, those toxins. But it it's a lot, man. You're jumping into high 30s, low 40s temperature. You start hyperventilating. The most important thing to think of is your breath. Mm-hmm. When you first hop in, I tell people to always calm down your breath. You want slow, deep breaths. And to be honest, I put myself on a beach. I put myself in a hot place. I close my eyes and visualize it. And after about sixty seconds to ninety seconds, it'll start to get better. You'll start to numb up a little bit. Um, but yeah, when you first try, make sure you have someone there to kind of uh, monitor. But um, I, I think that five to seven minute range is usually what I stuck with when I stayed in the forty in the forties.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, it's 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 crazy how much breathing. Impacts your ability to withstand cold temperatures. So, Mike mutzel is a good friend of mine. He he's all about the the sauna and and you know the the cold therapy and man he he does stuff like this all the time and he I'm just amazed. I went hunting with him and he's wearing like a t shirt and I got like fifteen layers on. So like your ability to do that you know do the the ice bath do that with the you know partner that with the the sauna therapy. And you become like invincible. Like people don't realize this. People like in the normal day-to-day life that never even think twice about saunas or cold therapy, hyperoxygen chambers. they don't realize how much of an impact this can have on every other aspect of your life.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. And listen, even what you're doing with keto, it's like keep it simple. Like at the end of the day, yeah, there's all these incredible modalities in biohacking. I have a hyperbaric chamber. But at the end of the day, hot-cold contrast has been around for years. And eating healthy whole plant and and meat that comes from the earth has been around for years. Plant medicine has been around for years, thousands of years. So it's kind of like get back to the basics, guys, like enough with this processed uh, crap that we're putting in our bodies and one pill that's going to solve this. It comes down to diet and lifestyle and getting back to what we've been doing for thousands of years.
0: 100% man, 100%. So in light of all of this uh, momentum being gained with this more traditional healing technique um I, i've seen a lot more popularity come from or come with the like psychedelics and things of that nature tim Ferriss has talked about it joe rogan's talked about it quite a bit Do you, I, I feel like that is probably the the next frontier for mainstream medicine you know looking at the psilocybin looking at the lsd like that's starting to gain a lot of popularity man I totally agree. And I think it's been massive. I I myself have done plant medicine journeys
1: um, in the past, and they've been incredibly healing for my mind and my body. Um, I have buddies, you know, for instance, a a buddy of mine, um, Daniel Carcillo, who won a Stanley Cup with um, the Blackhawks, uh, just had a big HBO special about how he was dealing with concussions and depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts. And Literally cured himself with a couple ayahuasca and plant medicine ther- uh, therapies. It's like ten years of therapies in one. And there's a reason why Harvard, John Hopkins, Mayo Clinic, all these you know world-renowned uh, institutions are studying the effects of uh, anxiety and depression on psychedelics. Um, now, listen, there is an element of recreational drug use um, that could be dangerous. It needs to be done in a controlled setting, but. You know, I've personally done it now, something that I was very against up until I started doing it. And now I've witnessed and seen athletes, vets, people dealing with this stuff. You know, realize that they're getting so much more benefit out of plant medicine, whether, you know, it be mushrooms, ayahuasca, um, there's many different types uh, at this point, or even things like cannabis, CBD, um, than they are prescription medications. So, you know, we're seeing decriminalization of uh, uh, mushrooms, of psilocybin, for instance, which is a good step. And I think, once again, as long as it's in a controlled setting, there is actual literature and data out there to prove that it's helped with suicide suicidal thoughts depression anxiety in a significant way and so you know i'm excited that people are starting to turn to that i'm, I'm really glad you you brought that up because i've seen life-changing stuff happen to my friends and myself because of it
0: i think it's all about intention man i mean like if you're if you're trying to step away from you know opioid addiction or like prescription painkillers and, and all of that that's been just wearing on you that's all been grown in the lab and you you look to one of these natural remedies to to cure yourself and it works i mean heck yeah that's what that's awesome the people that do it with the intention of escaping from their reality because they they don't have you know the desire to put in the work to improve their current life's situation that that's where it's not a healthy thing but it, it all goes back to you know that individual's intention like there's a right and a wrong way to do anything in life
1: yeah i couldn't agree more it all comes down to your intention and your perception of it you know that's the only thing you can control so um i think it's a beautiful thing that people are starting to realize this and it's becoming less taboo and as long as there's a proper intention as you mentioned and, and it's in a good controlled safe setting um i've seen only incredible results
0: 100 percent. well listen man i don't want to take up too much more of your time but i'd love to kind of hear what's on the horizon for soul cbd man what's got you excited yeah
1: I mean so much. We're coming out with a women's line right now. My sister and co-founder um, is developing that. It'll uh, it'll be two different SKUs right now of of gummies. Um, we're coming out with a bunch of pain point specific products. Uh, really pumping up things to help with sleep, help with anxiety. Um, I'm just excited about helping more people, man. Like we get so many testimonials, and it, it lights me up of how it's helped um, someone and or their husband or their kids or you know whatever it is. So. Um, for us, it's continuing. We've helped thousands of people. We're about two years in now, and we've really grown, um, been hiring a lot. And so for me, I have a goal one day of helping millions. That, that's my goal. I want to make this brand uh, a brand that people can trust and turn to for health and wellness. And I think it'll grow beyond CBD. You know, right now it's in the CBD space, but um, that's what I'm excited about, man. And especially right now, uh, society in general has more anxiety and fear than ever. So I think, you know, more than more than ever, we need to realize that we need to take control of this anxiety and fear and control the controllables. And so um, whether it's through meditation, whether it's through mindset, whether it's through
0: um, natural
1: healing, um, that's what I think is the solution to so many issues that we have.
0: I love it, man. Couldn't have said it better myself. I feel like, you know, people, people, especially now, they're stressing out about all these things that they have zero control over. Just before we started recording, we were talking about how people live their lives watching the news. And that's hey, like Matt. just absolutely devastating to their, their vibe, their persona, who they can become in life I mean it puts you in a total reactive state in a negative reactive state over things that you can't directly control so I think whether it's your training your nutrition your supplementation whatever that may be your mindset focus on the things that you can't control double down on those and your life will 100% be better for it yeah well said there it is well Mike where is the website what is the link what's the social platforms? where can people find you
1: yeah so I'm at official Mike Lee um, DM me uh, you know let me know if you have any questions or concerns or whatever it is. And then the, the company that we co-founded with my sister is mysoulcbd.com. Um, it's at mysoulcbd. Um, reach out to us. We have a great team that's you know can answer any of your questions. And uh, I'm just excited to connect and help more people.
0: Awesome, man. I will link out to that. I'm gonna I'm gonna place an order for some soul C B D and give it an honest, honest try. Take it consistently for a couple weeks, see if I can tell a difference with my recovery and the training. And I'm gonna stalk you again on Instagram and I better not see any carbs in those <laughs> profile pictures, all right? There it is. Likewise, man. <laughs> Boy, appreciate it. Take care, brother. All right, take care.